Hello, I'm Joan. I'm a Canadian family physician who also works as a restorative medical educator, facilitator, and coach. I create spaces that rehumanize the work of healthcare. I'm creating this podcast to remind myself, as well as anyone else working in a helping profession, that when you are working and caring for your human patients, you are the other human in the room. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Other Human in the Room. Today, I want to do a different kind of episode again. I know I haven't actually made that many episodes, so it's a bit funny when I say I'm doing something completely different. I've you know, I think this is the sixth episode I'm releasing total. But um, I like when podcasts have different types of episodes and name them. I enjoy uh, knowing what I'm getting into. So this episode and this type of episode I plan to do multiple times, I'm going to call Book Club. So basically, um, I would like to share with you some key ideas and principles that I have learned from a particular book or, or you know, collection of books um, that has really been transformative in my life and really informs how I create my own educational materials, like for my workshops and for um, the one-on-one coaching I do. And honestly, just for myself, um, coaching and, and self-care practices, um, these are going to be books that have been really informative to me and help me find the most sustainable and fulfilling ways of being a human in the world, you know, just to keep it really specific. Um, So in this case, um, the first book uh, and sort of collection of books that I want to talk to you about um, is around the idea of emergent strategy. Um, This is a concept that I first learned as a part of my certification that I'm still um, undergoing at the uh, Institute for Equity-Centered Coaching, um, uh, which is amazing and everyone should look into it, honestly. Um, And after hearing this term, I looked up uh, the author of the book Emergent Strategy and her name is Adrienne uh, Marie Brown. She has an excellent Instagram. Um, You know, she really shows uh, the best memes and is hilarious. Um, But she's also like an incredibly talented poet and writer. Um, And she's she's created these series of books, the first of which is called Emergent Strategy. Um, And she has a a long history in working in social justice spaces and um, facilitating uh, groups who are stuck trying to trying to make big changes or trying to make big impact on the world. And she helps um, she's led groups like that as well as facilitated groups like that to um, make sure that they're kind of you know, in alignment and that their work, their group works well together. And so um, when I first started reading about emergent strategy, it really lit something up in me um, because I had been looking for a way to think about where our healthcare, healthcare system is now, which um, if you work in healthcare, um, and at least up here in Canada and in Ontario, but certainly if you're listening from the States and probably most places in the world, you know, we're year three of this global pandemic. I'd be curious if there's anyone out there that feels like their healthcare system's like really crushing it and thriving. Around here, a lot of people are really anxious and worried and 
I hear the words like healthcare system collapse a lot from so many different people, including, you know, the media, but also colleagues. And, and I've, I've seen, you know, symptoms of that myself. I've seen symptoms of, you know, patients waiting like 24 hours in an emergency room and no, not able to be seen and so many surgeries delayed and not enough staff and, you know, all of these different elements and, um, you know, staffing crises and like all these things. And um, when I was first, you know, just becoming aware of it and um, and then my old way of thinking about it was either to just be in denial and have my head down and just try and do my thing, but underneath just feeling like more and more helpless and sometimes even hopeless or despairing about how can the system ever get better from here it's such a mess and it seems like you know different elements of the system you know the government or whatever like they they seem to be pulling things in all these different directions that don't make sense and people are really suffering and that can be really hard to know how to get your mind around in a way that doesn't end up tanking your energy and causing you to feel burnt out, right? And that's the thing about how when I was in a space of just feeling like total helplessness and frustration and just like raging against what was happening, it wasn't that that was bad. Um, I got a certain amount of work done, but I ended up burning out pretty quickly because if if everywhere you look in the healthcare system, if you're seeking and looking for and, you know, um, really raging against examples of how horrible things are, that can be a kind of truth telling that is amazing and honoring. And there is a way that you can get kind of stuck in that space where you're like, no, what's the next issue that I need to make sure that I'm raging against, right? Like, and you get stuck in this like rage and despair mode. And then just notice how you show up in your workplace when you're stuck in that mode. I know for me, I was getting snappier at patients. I was getting shorter with colleagues. I um, I was like less willing to do my own work, which is interesting because as a clinician, like I am part of the healthcare system. And so the way I was witnessing things and showing up, um, I was looking at data that proved the idea that the healthcare system's a total collapse and it's all hopeless and all helpless. And that was leading me to have like an internal collapse, which therefore left my little corner of the healthcare system slightly more collapsed than it could have been otherwise. And it's not to blame myself, like it's just this kind of natural emotional process that happens. It's these stories we tell ourselves and then they produce our results in our lives, right? But I wanted to find a different way. I wanted to find a way that didn't like stick my head in the sand and ignore what was happening, but that didn't leave me in like constant rage or despair mode. What's the way I could like really harness the energy of what I was seeing that was broken and do something about it in a sustainable way? Does anything like that exist? And so for me, I've been just really loving and exploring the principles that are taught in emergent strategy. And so I had taken some notes about it. So I'm kind of just going to read through the notes that I found most like high impact when I was reading the book. 
Um, so just to even explain what emergent strategy is, so like the concept of emergent, um, a definition that she uses in the book is the way complex systems and patterns arise out of a multiplicity of relatively simple interactions. And that's actually a quote and definition from Nick Obolensky um, that she uses. So another way of saying this is the whole is a mirror of the parts and another way of saying it, which I love being from medicine, is the health of the cell is the health of the species and the planet. So if you think about any system, I mean, the only way the system exists and continues to operate is all the, you know, tens or hundreds or thousands or millions of people who make up that system. Take like our, you know, money system. If we all collectively decided that, money, you know, money didn't have value anymore. And instead we wanted to like trade rocks with each other or something. Money would like that whole system would cease to exist, right? Like it's, it's all of us individually. Um, if we, if we change how we are acting, it, it doesn't feel like that will make a big enough change because we feel small and the system's so huge. But each and every one of us are the system. And the, the principle is like each of us, if we do relatively simple things and then we pull in other people to do relatively simple things with us, um, we don't have to pull in the whole group and force everyone to do something different because that feels horrible and never works and backfires and is actually quite like kind of violent in a way of doing it, right? It, but if we sort of consider our simple actions and really own them and feel good about what we're offering, watch how far that spreads. Like that's sort of what I got as just like the basic idea of emergent strategy. And that is something that you see reflected, like um, people who do this complex system, you know, work, like they observe a complex system. You can see how, you know, um, individuals are what make up that system. And so the idea of emergent strategy is that understanding that's true, how do we then strategize our relationship to that system and our relationship to change? How do we intentionally change ourselves personally as one member of the system that grows our capacity to embody this, the just and liberated world we long for? That's a, a direct quote from the book. I'm going to read it again because this is such a like a powerful intention to consider. How do we intentionally change in ways that grow our capacity to embody the just and liberated world we long for? And so, you know, Adrienne is in spaces where they speak about racial justice and climate justice. And I think like also in the same exact way, like our healthcare system, right? Like this is the work of how we as humans care for each other's bodies. This is something that everyone in society really co-owns, whether we think of it that way or not. And how are we as one human who wants our body to be cared for if we, if and when we need it and wants to be a piece of the work of caring for other people's bodies? How do we wish our system was? And we don't have to have all the answers, but when we see an injustice, we see something wrong, we see something broken, how does that anger or frustration wake us up and then how do we, how do I intentionally change myself to embody what it is I hope the rest of the system can take on? 
And so I'm going to read through the principles because it just illustrates it more in more detail. Okay. Um, Another thing about emergence strategy is nothing is wasted, nothing's a failure. Emergence is a system that makes use of everything in this iterative process. It's all data. So all of what we see, these symptoms of a broken system, we don't have to ignore them because they hurt too much or make a think of, you know, make a fixed point in time assessment that means we're screwed, you know? We can say, what is this data showing us? What does this tell us the system needs? And do I need that thing more? And can I offer it to myself so I am resourced to then spread that throughout the system? So um, another piece of it is change is a constant state of being. And that's one of the core principles that I'll share later. I mean, literally change is always happening. We are all growing older, which is a kind, we are all aging, that is a sign of change. Our systems therefore are aging, it's a sign of change. It has been a fast and furious change over the past few years, and that's been surprising. But honestly, it was an illusion that we ever weren't changing anyway. And that's been an, a, another really key piece that's been helpful for me to consider. So understanding that change is a constant state of being, how can we align and direct change towards that which affirms and creates more life? These are all like quotes from Emergent Strategy and just so powerful. So counter to what you may see out of there, when when you have change sort of forced upon you, or if you've been a part of like a change management project, maybe some of the reasons you didn't like how the change happened was because it was competitive. There was like power over dynamics where people were trying to force other people to change at a rate they didn't want. There was a lot of urgency. We have so much urgency culture throughout our society and certainly in medicine, so much urgency culture and um, and just shifting towards material conditions. So those are the different principles they're saying. Instead of doing those, how do we find ways that feel good to us to align ourselves with change? So we're not just letting change wash us away, you know, and just like wherever the wind blows, we just are like, oh, well, and we're just sort of passive about change. But we're also not resistant to change, like holding on to dear life to something that doesn't exist. How do we actually like ride the waves intentionally in ways that feel good to us, that feel like are in line with our values? So the elements of emergent strategy that allow you to do this. So the first element is that change is nonlinear and iterative. So anytime you try something new, like try something new in your personal life, like, okay, I'm going to try and do a new self-care routine, like as as specific to you as that. Or if you're a part of something new happening in your corner of the healthcare system, like, oh, we're going to, right now in our clinics, we're, um, you know, trying to do some planning about when and how we're going to offer COVID-19 vaccines to six month old to four years, because that's just become available in Canada. So, you know, a more power over or like fixed structure could be like, okay, we have to plan it all right from the start. We have to have a ton of urgency to do it. Um, and by the way, this is definitely how I used to plan things. So I'd like, I, I know of what I speak, you know, and we have to have it all figured out from the get-go. And we can't, if we have to change the plan, then that's a failure of the plan. That's just not realistic. New information is coming out all the time. And if we think we have to have this really like static sense of um, what's happening next, um, that really leaves us vulnerable to when change continues to happen, which happens all the time. 
right? And so how do we think in more iterative ways? So like whatever we try first, we we look for the lessons and we shift a bit next time. We shift a ne- bit next time, right? So that's the first element that change is non-linear and iterative. It's always growing on itself. The second element is something called fractal, which is kind of a cool science world. But what it means is how we are at the small scale is how we are at the large scale. And I really love the example that um, Adrienne uses in the book. Because again, she worked in a lot of like political and activist spaces. And I think it was when Bush uh, got, anyway, someone in the States got elected and her her party was sad about it. So I think it was Bush, I forget. Um, and and they were sort of all bemoaning like the fall of democracy and that our, the the political system was broken and whether that's right or wrong one thing that she wondered and noticed even about herself personally and about her the people in her community is we say that we believe in democracy and therefore are very disappointed and outraged that it's not working how often are we practicing democracy in our everyday lives Are we showing up to spaces and really asking and considering and taking the time you need to actually understand the the desires and priorities and values of everyone in that room that you're making a decision for? Or are you showing up in a room predetermined, telling everyone that this is how it is? So like with patience, right? Like, um, are you practicing democracy with your patient, for example, right? Is it actually something where the patient gets a full say or that is that that their wishes are asked about and then honored? Or do you think you know best, right? And it's not to like make you feel bad about it. I know lots of times where I think I have to like be in full control and micromanage. And it honestly, it comes out of a place of scarcity thinking and anxiety and, um, you know, not being fully regulated myself emotionally. And when I'm doing that, I'm not necessarily embodying what I wish was happening elsewhere, right? So for healthcare, one of the things that I is really challenging are like wait times, right? So like there everyone's waiting for care. And when I was getting really stressed about that, I noticed that my own like personal wait times, when I was like super overwhelmed, it took longer for me to like return forms. It, it took longer for me to figure out how to get patients in. And I'm not saying that now it's perfect and any patient can see me at any time. I'm still in the iterative process of understanding how to like maximize my access so my patients can access the care they need from me or from the rest of my system best I can. So if I'm showing up thinking like everyone else in the healthcare system has to like fix this wait time before I can in my corner, that's a really helpless feeling. And I've actually felt very inspired and empowered to take that back and say, I can learn from how hard it is and what the barriers are to my own access and in turning starting with actually just mentally um my efficiency in my brain um if you're aware i have like a workshop about time management and like paperwork efficiency and that was a game changer just to understand how i wasn't as effectively using my time and how that was leading to delays in care for patients right and also just didn't feel as good for me and so now that i've really done a lot of work on that i know for sure that my patients experience less wait times about elements of care for me than they used to and that was out of a motivation to actually help my day go smoother and it had this wonderful benefit for my patients and so i'm just like running with that and so that's one small way that i am doing something in the small like 
within my brain, how do I change my relationship to time and work that allows me to get what I need to get done faster and with ease and with actually some like enjoyment and rest built in. And I noticed that that also leads to my patients getting the care they need with more ease and more space. And I want to like keep growing that and seeing how far I can take that. And could I get to a place where my patients genuinely think like, yeah, you know, the different elements of care I need, I am able to access with ease and I don't have to feel stressed and panicked and therefore like call a billion times for something that maybe could have waited, right? So that's like one specific way that I'm doing the the fractal piece of the work. I'm owning something myself and I want to see for me and for my little patient community how far I can take it. So we've had two princi- two elements so far. One is non-linear and iterative. Everything's always changing. So how do we learn and grow? Fractal. How we are on the small scale is how we are on the larger scale. The third element is adaptive. So how we live and grow and stay purposeful in the face of constant change, because change is always constant. And so that's the thing. So if we feel really fixed and we feel like we need to have a lot of fixed structure about everything in our lives, we cannot be adaptive. Um, and so what I have learned so far, and I don't have the full lessons, but I'm, I'm asking myself these questions. So how can I stay purposeful? And um, how can I still live and grow, even though I don't know what's coming next? I don't want know what the next headline's going to be. I don't know how much further the healthcare system will collapse. Um, and so the, p- the key word for me is when it says stay purposeful. What I've learned is I don't need to have really rigid, like, structure in terms of my schedule or like, you know, my routines or habits per se, if I stay grounded in my sense of purpose, my values, what matters to me, then I am rooted and grounded um, to make the pivots I need. So if like a new email comes in that will change things forever, I can have my panicked moment and then I can pause, say, okay, what is still important to me in the midst of this change? And then I often know what to do next and I can do it with more ease and not feeling like my internal world is crumbling because I know my internal world, I know my values. So that's the third principle, adaptive. The fourth principle is resilience and transformative justice, which talks about how we recover and how we transform. And so um, a lot of the work that I do say that I'm going to talk about on this podcast and that I've done personally has been about really exploring what like true resilience means and tr- like the true elements that you need to care for and build up in yourself to feel like a, a really confident, settled, grounded human being that is um, in a place of, you know, liberation from the old stories that used to harm me so that I can show up in a way that feels good. And I can also know when I need to take a break and rest, like all of that sort of stuff. And then the notion of transformative justice, um, the idea that I won't get it into it too much, but it's worth looking into. Like I would I would invite you if you're curious about that term to look up what transformative justice can mean. Like the idea of um, you know, when a harm has been caused between two people, how do you show up in a way that still holds space and love and compassion for both the harmed as well as the harmer? Um, and there's just really rich lessons there for healthcare as well. Um, the fifth principle, sorry, I keep saying principle, but these are the elements. So nonlinear and iterative, fractal, adaptive, resilience and transformative justice. 
The next one is creating more possibilities where we move towards life, where we shape tomorrow towards abundance. Um, I'm definitely going to have another episode that talks about scarcity versus abundance because it's a term that's been very helpful to me. But one simple way of looking at that is when you're faced with uncertainty, you're not sure what to do next, even just asking yourself, how many possibilities can I think of of what I could do next? What is possible for me now? What are my choices here? And creating out of so many of, of that space of understanding, there's infinite numbers of things we could do here. Let's think of a bunch and then see what actually feels best for us. Because often we get stuck in like, I'm trapped, I have no choice, or there's like one of two choices and I hate them both. So like, say right now you're viewing the healthcare system collapse and you're like, either I have to stay in this horrendous system where like the walls are collapsing around us, or I have to leave medicine and like find a new career path. And you think those are your two choices and otherwise you're doomed. I, tr- I promise you there's more choices than that. And so finding like creating more possibilities for yourself internally will then give you capacity and energy to create more possibilities for others. So when I feel more resourced, I'm able to consider offering my patients more choices without feeling like that's going to be overwhelming to me, for example. Um, and then the last element is interdependent interdependence and decentralization. This one would be just so incredible to see in our healthcare system. And I do see evidence of it happening already. So, I mean, we are not hyper individual people. We, we are a social and interdependent species. I cannot survive without many, many other humans showing up and doing work. I do not know how to farm. I do not know, you know, how to build and run a septic system like I am and we all are so interconnected in ways we don't even really think about. And um, the thing that is nice about interdependence is it's something that we would say in contrast to either codependence where we need each other so much that we are actually like um, needy towards each other or hyper-independence where we think we can do it all on our own. Interdependence says, I have self, um, self-determination self and autonomy and so do you. So how can, what do I have to offer that can support you from a place that is secure and safe for me? And what do you have to offer that will um, support me? Not from a place of creating like codependent need or dependence, right? Like, but um, knowing that your life makes my life better and my life makes your life better. That's how I kind of think of that. And in doing so, we wouldn't be so dependent on like one central leader. And also beautifully, each small community could really figure out for themselves what they need instead of everyone thinking that everyone needs the same thing, which we have a lot of that in healthcare, don't we? So those are the elements of emergent strategy, nonlinear and iterative, fractal, adaptive, resilience and transformative justice, creating more possibilities, interdependence and decentralization. Um, And uh, I just think these are really beautiful. Um, It's interesting. They're actually based on um, Adrienne Marie Brown's like favorite science fiction author. She's a black science fiction author. Um, I don't remember if it's from the 70s or the 80s, sorry, but like um, from a a past time, not the current decade, a previous decade. Um, And um, when Adrian talks about science fiction, I just, I love it because the idea is that is actually, it seems like maybe I've just made a total pivot. I'm talking about science fiction now, but the truth is if we are planning to create 
a, a new system that we haven't seen before, if we want our world to be different and better than how it's been in the past, right now that is fiction. That doesn't exist. That can only exist in our imaginations, right? And what's beautiful about some of like the powerful science fiction work that we can see is it shows us what's possible. It shows us different paths of what could be possible, both as like um, cautionary tales, but also as like beautiful like ideals. And Octavia Butler is the name of the author that Adrienne Marie Brown really likes. And she has a quote, um, Octavia Butler is the science fiction writer. She has a quote that all successful life is adaptable, opportunistic, tenacious, interconnected, and fecund, which means fertile. Understand this, use it, shape God. That's like the quote from Octavia Butler. And especially like shape God, the idea of that is if you understand that successful life requires these things in order to thrive, they need to adapt to change. They need to use change as opportunities to create more life and more possibility for themselves for out of their values. They need to be tenacious and understand it's going to be tough and how to take care of yourself when things get tough. They need to be interconnected. They cannot be a solo organism. They need to do it together with a group of other people. And fertile. So again, that abundant sense of like, they need to tap into the sources of energy and purpose and meaning that that motivate them in beautiful, sustainable ways. And that will that is what will succeed in life. And if we understand that, we can be that and we can then end up creating possibilities we never thought that don't exist now. Let's put it that way. Um, and so I, the last thing I did want to share, um, there'll be some uh, overlap with it, but so emergent strategy has these elements that I've just described and they also have core principles and you'll see that they mirror and echo each other. It's, it's a lot of the same concepts, but said slightly differently, which then for me sparks my imagination and inspiration a little differently. So I want to share them with you. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's nine principles. Um, so the first is what we've already talked about. Change is constant. And then in brackets, it says, be like water, which is um, the start of a quote from, I think, Bruce Lee. So if change is always happening, so, um, you know, if you are like a fixed, if you're like a train on a train track, if that's not how you kind of view the world and how you want to show up in the world. And then a barrier, like a rock, a boulder comes in front of your train track. You're just screwed. You're, it's a crash and burn situation, right? And now everything's off the rails, literally, because you're a train. But if instead you're a river, right? And so you are like water in the sense of you have purpose. You're planning to get to a destination, the sea or whatever, right? Um, but now a boulder is dropped in the middle of your river. Is that going to stop the water or are you going to find a way around, right? And so I just think that's a very powerful metaphor. A lot of the metaphors that she uses in the book are like real examples from nature that Nature shows us many examples of how we can sustainably and successfully adapt and thrive no matter what happens next. And they're really inspiring. So I, I really invite you to read this book, honestly. Um, the second principle is small is good, small is all. The large is a reflection of the small. So I've already elaborated on that earlier when we were talking. But really just because we always think the whole thing has to change. It's hopeless until we get the right person as prime minister. It's hopeless until we get the right minister of health or you know what I mean? We think we have to start at the top and trickle down. And that is like some 
really inhuman stories, okay? Like, and really like rooted in some oppressive systems that we do not have to keep believing. We can think that our small part is actually the magic that changes everything. And, you know, Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. Sometimes that almost gets laughed at or thought of as a cliche, but I think that that's actually a bit of an inhuman story that it it is a cliche because honestly, it's everything. Small is all. You matter. You getting well and feeling good about who you are as a person and the work you can offer to the world is everything. That's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why I have decided, and on top of being a family physician, the rest of my work is restorative medical education, which is the work of helping people recall that they're human beings with worth and amazing potential and that they could do anything with it. And that is actually how I think we will fix and heal the healthcare system is if enough of us as individuals in the healthcare system remember that we are human beings in human bodies and we let go of some of these inhuman oppressive stories that we've been handed, watch what happens. I don't actually have to have a fixed vision of what the future holds. What I know for sure is if more of us get like mentally and physically more healed and whole, just watch. That is the small that becomes the all. I really believe that strongly. So when I found this book and read it, I was like, yes, I'm so excited. So anyway, you can tell I get a little uh, preachy about this. This podcast is already 32 minutes long. This is going to be my longest podcast so far. Thank you if you're still tracking with me. I have a few more principles and then I promise I will stop talking. Thank you. Um, so there is always enough time for the right work is the next principle. And I just think that is beautiful. And that really reflects even the work I've done personally with time management and values work. And really, if you are in a space where you're like, so much needs to be fixed and there just isn't enough time, there's too much to do, grounding yourself with the idea that there is always enough time for the right work. And it's and it's about finding inside of yourself, what is your right work? What is the work that lights you up, that brings you passion? that time, creating time for that is all you need to do. The next one is less prep, more presence. Love that. Definitely need to bring that into my life more because I do a lot of like, you know, pre-worrying and perseverating and then post, um, you know, ruminating and perseverating about things that I create. And the idea of like, if I grounded myself in what I know to be true and my higher purpose, say with even each patient, what I need to do less prep. If I if I stayed grounded in what I think I can offer my patients, what I need to do less prep and can just offer them my presence and know that that's where the magic happens. And I actually have been practicing in that and found it to be very true. There is, the next one is, there is a conversation in the room that only these people at this moment can have. Find it. So I know that this was learned out of spaces where, you know, Adrienne and her colleagues at Emergent Strategy would like, you know, hold a, a, you know, say a workshop for a social justice group that really wanted to, you know, do great work in climate change activism or something. And so that principle, of course, would apply there. But I also think that actually is just a great principle, period. So like, In our community, so like I work in Guelph, Ontario, and Canada, like if I have the thought that there is like a conversation or set of conversations that can only happen with the group of people that show up at my education talks or that are out there practicing medicine in my community and really root in in those conversations, 
and find them versus forcing conversations upon people, I will be less exhausted and it will be more genuine, um, sustainable change. The next principle is never a failure, always a lesson. I might get this tattooed on my body somewhere because it is so, I used to have so much fear of failure. And this is just a gorgeous principle to remember if I want I can always take anything I think of as a mistake, as a failure, as a lesson to be learned. And that will help me grow and do something different next time. Um, And I don't have to do it by beating myself up. I can just learn my lesson, you know? Um, Three more, and then we're out. The next one is trust the people. If you trust, they become trustworthy. You know, in retrospect, I could have spent a whole podcast on each of these. So I'm just sort of giving the highlights and just my current thoughts on them. But this one is one that I think I'm only at the beginning of understanding because I will be honest, I I generally have a very self-protective pattern, even just like socially. I have friends that I really love and, and a community that I am admiring. And I do have a survival brain that's very um, cautious about making too deep of a connections or risking or having too much vulnerability. And so the idea of, so when it comes to like, say projects I want to work on, I'd rather just do them myself. And I know, especially if I want this work that I'm doing on this podcast and with my restorative medical education to grow, I will need to increase and practice trust with other people. And even now, say in my practice, I have staff members and things and I have, I have been learning and continue to learn that the more I instill trust and I have and practice trust for them, they show up as trustworthy. And, and that's just always true. Like I know I've been in situations where someone's a leader over me and they have, for their own reasons, been self-protective and come and said, hey, why did you do this or that? And like, you know, didn't assume best intentions with me and, and you know, showed that they didn't trust me that didn't make me want to be more trustworthy. Then I thought, oh, they don't even think well of me and I'm now on the defense. And you can see how that can create really um, unhelpful structures in a system. And so if I show up with trust, that is how other people will become trustworthy and begin to trust me back. I start, it's me first. That's what this whole thing is. It's me first. If you do it first, watch how far you can go. Uh, Second last one is what you pay attention to grows. That's something I really want to foster more, actually. Um, it is really important to honor and hold space for the examples we're seeing of how broken the system is and really consider then, okay, how can I take that as a lesson of how I want to show up differently in the healthcare system? Like that's kind of how I'm using those examples. And I do want to pay attention to what is working, not to like silver line the stuff that isn't, but like, but to really learn and grow that. What are the pieces of this that work? Like, what are old rules that were in place before the pandemic that um, we now think we have to go back to that really weren't serving us in the first place? And um, can we let those go forever, please? And um, can we really think about, you know, how much... um, how much we need to keep of old ways that that didn't serve us before, right? And so if we pay attention to what is working now and grow what is working, then things will work better, right? The last core principle is move at the speed of trust. This is another one. I feel like these last ones are like totally just reading me and, um, you know, uh, I'm feeling a bit 
chastened by them because I know that these are lessons I need to, I would like to embody more because I am a very like urgent, impatient, a default person. I want to go, go, go so fast. But I know that hasn't served me. And I know that leads to harmful, painful times for people who work with me um, or either leave them behind or try and push them along. And if you're listening to this and you recognize because you've been on some kind of project with me, I am sorry. I do apologize um, for the times that I've done this. And so what if I actually slowed myself down to move at the speed of trust? And the other piece of this is focus on critical connections more than critical mass. Build resilience by building relationships. That's the piece. I'm hoping this podcast will actually allow me to do more by sharing my heart and sharing what I think could save our healthcare system. I'm hoping that you will reach out and connect with me and we can be in dialogue about what's inspiring to you and and the, the pieces you struggle with so that we can all be supportive of each other. And so if I can slow myself down and trust that I'm going to be okay no matter what, that is I'll that is the the pace at which our healthcare system will shift. And you can all think, I'm sure of examples right now, different organizations or places you work in where the trust isn't there and people are leaving, you know? And so if we slowed down, that will, it feels like it's so urgent and such a crisis that we have to move faster, but the opposite is true. How do we slow down enough to make those critical connections and build resilience through relationships? I just think that is everything. I just, so that's the end of my summary. Those are kind of the key principles and elements that Emergent Strategy talks about in the book and elaborates on. So um, it was a lot. If that felt like, whoa, that was a bunch of concepts all in a row, That's it's because that's what I did. I just sort of did a, a big dump of all the concepts that um, they teach. And there's so much there and it's so rich. And you'll probably hear lots of elements of those concepts in up- upcoming podcasts. So I wanted to give credit where credit's due and where I learned a lot of them. And I would encourage you to go um, buy the book or listen to Adrienne Marie Brown on various podcasts. She does interviews. She's so inspiring. Um, And I think there's a lot there that we could learn um, about our healthcare system. So much so that I, um, I posted on some Facebook groups and I've, I've formed a little like book club about emergent strategy that I'm very excited to hear different um, people who work in the healthcare system across the country and what they're doing. And um, so that's one way that, again, I just sort of acted out of what Emergent Strategy was already teaching me and finding those ways to be interconnected. So if it's inspiring to you, if you pick up the book, or if there's something in here that you're like, what, how could that be true? Or if you're confused about something, I would just really love if you wanted to reach out and uh, ask a question or share what made sense or resonated with you um, as a piece of how we can build connections with each other. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Take care. I would love to hear from you. Please share your human moments in medicine with me on Instagram at joanchanmd or on my website, joanchanmd.com. On my website, you can also find other restorative medical education offerings I have, including one-on-one coaching opportunities and skill-building workshops. I look forward to connecting with you there.